This week on Inside Motorsport, we speak with Stephen Johnson following his victory in the Touring Car Masters at Tasmania two weeks ago. I hope you'll stay with us. Johnson joins us on the line and down in Tasmania. Mustang Sally really knew its way around the track for you, making your life fairly easy in the Touring Car Masters. Yeah, mate, it did. Sally certainly behaved herself and you know, I'm just lucky that JB's sort of slow. People wonder why he uh, you know, had so much success in the Touring Car Masters. And you know, if you know the bloke well enough like we do, he's one of these guys that you know, is very consistent no matter what he does. And, you know, not going to stop at anything, so to make sure he can do what he can to win. That uh, that Mustang, although it's not the most expensive car and it's not the uh, the nicest built car in the field, um, it's certainly one of the best sorted, so um, it, it made my job. What about for yourself and the rest of the season? What driving duties have you got? Um, well, we're still racing the uh, Australian GT Championship full-time in the, um, the JMXM Audi that uh, I started the year off down at Clipsal, so yeah, really looking forward to, to running that again uh, in round two at Phillip Island at the uh, end of May, but apart from that, you know, a few guest drives here and there in a few hopefully different categories like uh, like the TCM and um, still trying to pursue a few options overseas at the moment and trying to do a little bit of GT stuff over in uh, in Europe, so we'll, hopefully that's something there will, uh, will come off later in the year and um, we can get over there and do... Uh, do a couple of races, and I can put my Irish passport to good use. <laughs> what about your Pertec Cup hopes, and and also have you given up now on having another crack at the main game? You know, it's it's a sort of hard question to answer. I'd love to, uh, I'd love to, you know, be back racing V8 supercars full time, but you know, commercially, you know, it's very very hard these days, and um, you know, it seems. Like anything, you know, money runs a lot of things and uh, it costs a lot of money to run those sort of cars. And, um, you know, if you haven't got the money behind you, well, um, you know, it's it's, uh, it's like anything. It makes it very, very hard to, to compete in. So, um, you know, obviously if the opportunity is there, I'd jump at it. But, uh, you know, unless something drastically changes uh, in the near future, I can't see myself being full-time in there uh, again. I guess in some respects, that's one of the shames of motor racing. Back probably before both our uh, times, you had guys who would buy a Formula One car, race it all summer in Australia and New Zealand, uh, Hong Kong and, and places like that all over the world because that technology was affordable. Nowadays, you couldn't even afford the first mechanic to start a Formula One car. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's like anything, the... Um uh, everything's evolved, and I think you know that's what competition does. It really, uh, you know, makes uh, I guess that uh, that development process a lot faster um, because everybody wants to win. So, in actual fact, um, you know, people obviously now, you know, I, I really wonder what it's going to be like in ten years' time, and what what we're going to be racing, or what they're going to be racing in ten years' time, or even longer. Um, it's going to be very interesting compared to you know, I guess when you look at the cars. Back in uh, in the mid '80s and um, the late '80s, where uh, uh, you know, obviously the old man race XD Falcons, XC Falcons, Ford Sierras. Uh, you know, although the technology there was very cool, 
um, you know, nowadays you just gotta gotta see the amount of behind the scenes uh, data and and work and engineering that goes behind the scenes, uh, even to the extent now where um, Dad and the guys Steve Amos at, at Stick Johnson Racing had to rebuild um, the True Blue engine a little while ago for David Bowden, who owns True Blue now, um, and without putting any new equipment into that engine, as in not changing any of the head shape or pretty much keeping it as it was raced in 1981. Um, they put it back together and it had 70 more horsepower than what it had back in the day. So, you know, you can just see how it's developed. Even just putting an engine together can make a big difference in, the, in what power output it's got. And that's just the, the development that uh, stage that everything's gone through up until this point. And where it's going to go in the next 10 or 15 years, who knows, but it's going to be pretty amazing. And that's one of the things that's really hit a chord with the Touring Car Masters. The Mustang you were running uh, last weekend is going faster now than anyone would have had it in the old Australian Touring Car Championship days. Oh, for sure, absolutely. It's uh, you know, they're an amazing car. Um, you know, not only the car, obviously the car chassis is essentially the same. Um, the roll cage design and everything's probably a lot different now uh, than what it was back then. It makes the cars a lot stiffer, makes the cars a lot more predictable and tunable. When you want to change things, you can actually feel the difference. Shock absorbers are a lot better nowadays. Tires are a lot better nowadays. So, yeah, there's a lot of things that contribute to that car being a lot faster. But having said that, you know, I know John Bow's car has got somewhere in the vicinity of 640 to 650 horsepower, um, whereas, you know, still with a carburetor, um, they still run a carburetor in those cars. That's part of the rules. You've got to race it as it was basically raced back in the day. Um, but, you know, it's certainly not the most powerful car in the field. You know, I know cars that have got... 670, 680, and even some uh, you know, Cleveland Ford Cleveland engines out there, which have got more power than a uh, than a Windsor motor. Um, you know, they're pushing up around the 700 horsepower. So um, you know, it's not about who's got the most horsepower; it's who's got the most sorted package. And uh, you know, JB's still a very, very fast driver, and he was still as fast. Talking about the 12-hour now, he was as fast in the Bentley that he drove with Peter Edwards as what the factory Bentley guys came out. So. You know, John Bauer's still no slouch and, uh, you know, still one of the best drivers this country's seen. So that goes a long way to, you know, I guess, pushing towards the success that he's had in that car and also, you know, that car going so much faster than what it's probably ever done in, in the past. Mm. Do you think there's a, there's a category in Australian road racing where the it is just the difference is the driver or is it all about... Uh, are all the categories now about the engineer... The money you bring to the sport, and uh, and the bits you're bolting on better than your competitor. Yeah, I think you know it's a good question. Um, you know, I'm a firm believer that no matter what you've got, if you've got something under you that you're making operate um, to get somewhere, you know, albeit a motor vehicle or a motorbike or whatever it might be, um, there's always some advantage or disadvantage. I mean, you just got to look at the um, you know, the not so much the touring car masters, but the Aussie race cars, for instance. They're a very uh, supposed to be a very, very level playing field, but you always see the same guys pretty much, um, give or take, winning the races. Um, you know, you always see, I commentate a lot of those races, and you, you see a lot of differences in the straight line speed between them, and they're all supposed to be the same motor, and they're all supposed to have the same restrictions. Um, 
and then you're supposed to get penalties um, for winning races in that, you know, whether it be uh, penalties in your uh, your air intake size. So they obviously give you a smaller air intake to slow you down. Uh, yeah, but you always seem to see the same guys winning. So um, uh, I'm sure that it doesn't matter what sort of category that you're racing in, in motorsport, there's never, ever a perfectly equal playing field and it just comes down to basically the driver. Um, but having said that, you know, the good drivers always get to the front and always shine. So uh, uh, the only sports I think that, that it really does come down to talent is things like golf and tennis where it's pretty much all you know, physical and, and training and, and obviously skills and what they do. Um, anyone can buy the same tennis racket uh, as uh, whoever it might be, Roger Federer or uh, Nadal or you know Djokovic. But uh, I bet you any money that uh, if I went to Triple Eight to buy a car exactly the same as Jamie Winkup's, I bet you a million dollars that I wouldn't get exactly. I might get 95% of it, but I wouldn't get the whole 100%. My thanks to Stephen Johnson there on this week's Inside Supercars, available at insidesupercars.com.au or sportradio.com.au. We hear a lot more about his thoughts on motorsport and V8 supercars in Australia. I hope you'll tune in over the next few weeks for that. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.